Time once again for Second Helping, the top podcast of choice for fans and followers of the number one league in all of collegiate athletics, the Southeastern Conference. Travis Schreier, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, part of the 247sports.com network, alongside my great friend, co-host, Brent Beard, longtime college football analyst, most recently, First Coast News down in Jacksonville, Florida. Brent, of course, also a voter in the race for the Heisman Trophy. And Brent, I don't know anyone else who is excited about next week as you are. I I feel safe (laughs) in saying that with the SEC Media Days, the 2022 edition upon us. Kind of the unofficial start of the season um uh, so uh, it it will be good it uh, it's in atlanta we've had it in atlanta before there are pros and cons that we, we won't get into uh compared to hoover next year it's in nashville which i think will be very interesting frankly to see how that goes but we know the coaches travel we, we now know the players and there will be no shortage of uh of topics uh, you know, we could we could almost spend media days, Trav, talking about almost nothing but uh, off the field issues. I, I am happy that we're going to be finally talking about some players and 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 actually games on the field and things like that. But I won't be surprised with you that the off the field stuff will will dominate uh, to throughout the week compared to years past. No doubt, realignment, uh, big seismic moves on the college athletics landscape. Most recently, of course, with SC and UCLA making the move here in the not too distant future to the Big Ten. We had previously known that Oklahoma and Texas would be making the jump from the Big 12 to the SEC. You've got NIL issues, obviously, that have been a big part of it within the SEC, just the Nick Saban-Jimbo mm-hmm. Fisher skirmish that we had just a month or so ago. Still not all that far back in our rearview mirrors. So plenty of off-the-field stuff, but I'm with you, man. I'm ready to talk some on-the-field, and what we'll do today on the program is sort of go through the week next week based on the teams and coaches and contingents that are going to be making their way to Atlanta and offer up a big question for that coach, for that contingent, for that program as they make their way through the 2022 SEC football media days. And it starts on Monday, Brent. Pretty good group. LSU. How about Brian Kelly? Welcome to the SEC, Bri. Alongside Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin, also Eli Drinkowitz of Missouri. So that's not a bad group to get you going on a Monday. Let's start with Brian Kelly. What's the biggest question for Brian Kelly? Or maybe even a couple of his players, Jack Beck, the wide receiver, Mike Jones Jr., the transfer from Clemson a couple of years ago at linebacker. B.J. Ojolari, considered to be one of the top edge defenders in college football for the upcoming season. Give me that big question you have for that group. Well, uh, I think the big question that he will be asked, uh, and he has no answer to this yet, I get it, is who's the quarterback going to be? Uh, frankly, Miles Brennan, Jaden Daniels, uh, among others for that group. Uh, it, it will be – now, Kelly will be fine. Uh, I'm, I find it a little bit interesting that he is – uh, starting, uh, frankly, but look, you've also got Walker Howard and Garrett Nussmeyer, 
uh, on that situation too. I, and I think they'll find a quarterback and be okay. But but certainly, Trav, that will be probably the uh, uh, the, the number one. But as but as we have laid out on this podcast, people do not need to let uh, LSU slide by their mind. Uh, Trav, uh, oh, uh, is in Orgeron had his issues. But there is no doubt they're still talented Baton Rouge, is it not? Yeah, I've said it before. I think this roster that Kelly has inherited and then augmented via the transfer portal and incoming freshmen, I would put it up there with anything he had at Notre Dame. Now, am I expecting him to have similar results in any of those seasons? Maybe more along the lines of a season of eight, nine wins, maybe ten if you stretch things a little bit, but I don't think there's any doubt about it. The question you asked about quarterback and with Brent uh, Miles, it's more about health. You know, I mean, sure. just can the guy Absolutely. stay healthy? But they do seem to have quality depth there. I think Garrett Nussmeyer is sort of the wild card, maybe in all that as a second year player. And I guess when we talk about Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss, um, quarterback going to be a similar theme for he and the Rebels. Will Jackson Dart uh, end up being the guy? I know obviously a lot has been uh, made uh, about that situation, but at the same time, travel uh, Luke Altmaier's not giving that thing up without a fight, is he? No, he's so, not. Uh, I, I think that's something that that's going to be talked about, and, and I, I think the uh, the other thing would be uh, they basically led the league or were close. And transfers and travel. How quickly can um, <coughs> can Lane Kiffin rebuild that that Ole Miss team and get them close to double digit wins again? Hey, you look at that team at just about every area of the Rebels. You can point to and make the prediction that going to be a major impact from a transfer. Whether Absolutely. it's the offensive line, whether it's quarterback, whether it's running back, whether it's certainly the tight end position. Um, defensively too, uh, pretty much across the board, um, from front to back for that Ole Miss defense, you got a new coordinator situation on both sides of the ball for Ole Miss in 2022. So a lot of things to consider for Lane Kiffin's, uh, football team in year three in Oxford, Missouri with Eli Drinkowitz checking in on Monday as well. Guy, I guess we'll just stick with quarterback, right? Uh, yeah, I don't think there's any <laughs> doubt about that. Uh, that. That's a great point. Brady Cook, who's a sophomore, Tyler Macon, who's a freshman. I mean, you could almost flip a coin there. I mean, Trav, to me, their biggest loss was Tyler Batty, uh, no doubt. Who, who is one of the better running backs. Did he, Trav, did he ever get the credit that that he deserved on that team for the year that he had? No, I don't think so. And I, I was going to bring Batty up because – Talking about the SEC's leading rusher moving yeah, on at 133.7 yeah. yards per game, 14 rushing touchdowns. A guy, too, that could catch it out absolutely. of the backfield. Just a big-time playmaker, and uh, there's no question, I think, when you talk about losses uh, at a position on offense for Missouri, I would point to running back more than pretty much any other area of that football team in general. Let's move on to Tuesday. What are we going to have on Tuesday? Well, we're just going to have Nick Saban <laughs> of Alabama. How about that? That's right. Give me the big one for Nick Saban. He's going to bring along just the Heisman Trophy winner and yeah. then a defensive player that is picking up more steam in the preseason 
in relation to the most coveted ward in college athletics. And also Jordan Battle. Going to be a little bit of a homecoming for Jordan Battle making that trip over to Georgia. I don't think Battle gets enough credit uh, for what he is capable of doing. Now, obviously, your number one silly question is going to be, uh, well, Coach, are there, uh, do you have any comment on the dust-up that you had with Jimbo Fisher? Uh, Trev, that will be dealt with behind closed doors uh, very quickly, and the phrase, we have moved on, will be uh, associated with that one, but... I think you. I think two things going on here. Uh, one, one would be uh, offensive line questions. I think which is obvious, and then which I think is the silliest question of all would would be uh, something akin to uh, uh, and and they won't phrase it this way. Uh, but coach, have you lost your fastball in recruiting? Which is, <laughs> which which is the most ridiculous thing I believe I've ever heard. Yeah, um, I think. He's going to get asked about his offensive line, obviously. Yes. You know, Alabama gave up a Saban-era high 41 sacks last year of Bryce Young. So pretty incredible to think the guy won the Heisman Trophy despite being sacked 41 times or in that Ooh. neighborhood when you consider all the quarterbacks in general. But he, he certainly was the primary guy, really, from start to finish in just about every game last season. So the tackle position, you lose Evan Neal. Um, you go to the transfer portal, you bring in Tyler Steen. So uh, improving the protection, improving the run game in general. Uh, transfer portal for Alabama, too. I mean, because when you talk about Tyler yes. Harrell and you talk about Jameer Gibbs and you talk about Eli Ricks and, you know, uh, Jermaine Burton, um, they went heavy in the portal. And by the way, I mentioned Jordan Battle going home to Georgia. Jordan Battle actually from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So my bad on that one. I got Jordan Battle maybe mixed up with Brian Branch a little yeah. bit with my Alabama safeties. But Mike Leach also on Tuesday, Brent. Um, I, my question would be, and, and I don't know if you would, what, what do you really see the ceiling for this program? Yeah. Right. Um, because you wonder if it is just eight wins. I mean, we saw Dan Mullen in 2014 uh, coach that team with Dak Prescott and a really good roster to the number one ranking in college football. But what about Leach and his contingent with Will Rogers back at quarterback and a team that I think the Mississippi State fan base is going to be expecting a little more out of? Uh, oh, yeah, no doubt. Now, the uh, number one, where is Will Rogers on media day? Um, now they've got three graduate assistants. I'm sure you saw that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was my first question was where is Rogers? And look, it's the coach's prerogative of who they want to bring. Maybe, maybe he didn't want to come. Maybe he just wanted to give some love to these other guys. Uh, but I think that's a really good point is where, where can this team go? Now they They've started the season with Memphis and Arizona. I still say that Memphis lost last year, and that basically uh, went into punt return trail. That 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 they the officials absolutely blew that that cost them the game. But boy, yeah, an that, SEC crew of all yeah, crews. Yeah, isn't that the truth? Uh, yeah. and, and how about Trav September Memphis and Arizona? And at LSU, so uh, look, I think September is going to be important for the Bulldogs. 
I don't think there's any doubt about it. The question I'd like to ask the pirate, because I know it would upset him, because I've asked him about this many, many years ago. Yes. When are you going to have a passing offense that averages more than seven yards per attempt? <laughs> pirate? Yeah. Oh, I asked him about uh, where's the vertical game in his offense, yeah. probably 20 years ago on Jacksonville Sports Radio, <laughs> and uh, he took offense to that. He didn't like, I'm he sure didn't he, like the questioning uh, I, of the vertical passing game. Right. And that air raid, air raid. How are you air? How are you raiding the air if you're not throwing it for more than seven yards per attempt? Yeah, you know, absolutely. Not, not much of a raid there. Hey, uh, let's keep it moving on Tuesday as well. We talk Saban, we talk Leach and Mississippi State. You've also got Shane Beamer coming in on a high year one under Beamer at South Carolina. The Gamecocks not only go to a bowl game, they win a bowl game. So uh, similar for Beamer and I guess also the Spencer Rattler situation, the portal and how it's impacted another team in South Carolina, certainly at the most important position on the field. And look, I don't understand why Rattler's not at media days. Uh, You got to think Beamer's trying to tap that down as much as he can, maybe not feed into it, but I'm with you. I I wish he was going to be there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and Trav, I heard this morning that uh, Rattler also, uh, when he was in Oklahoma, he wasn't in Big 12 many days either. So, I, so Matt, you know, who knows? I, I mean, that that's I think again, Spence. I think Spence can be a little loose with the lips. Could be. Could be. There is a I'm sure he's matured some at least mm-hmm. since this, but mm-hmm. there's a documentary you can find on Netflix when Spencer Rattler was a oh, senior yeah. in high school. It's like a QB uh, QB documentary on Netflix they did with three or four quarterbacks. He did it for a couple of years, actually, I think. Um, and, and you got the sense that, that Spence could be a little loose with the, the commentary. Well, the, the physical tools are there. But for our listeners, one thing that Travis and I have talked about for years with, with Rattler is uh, the emotional, psychological ma- makeup sometimes. So good good point. Hopefully he has matured. Look, my, my question would be, Trav, what would a healthy Marshawn Lloyd do for Spencer Rattler in that passing attack, which they still don't have the wide receivers they need but boy, if they if they really could have a running game again, I think that would be humongous for them. No doubt, no doubt about it. And uh, there there was some magic. There was some magic in year mm-hmm. one under Shane Beamer. We'll see if there's some carryover into the sophomore campaign for Shane Beamer. How about Vanderbilt Clark Lee? You talk about the on the undercard uh, for Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> Clark Lee yeah. and Vanderbilt on a day that you got Nick Saban headlining things. Uh, Vanderbilt also dealing with a, a quarterback competition that really yes. started a year ago and seems to be extending over into the 2022 campaign. I'll tell you what I like about Vanderbilt. I like their two inside linebackers a lot. Yes. Um, yes. One of which will be on hand with the Vanderbilt contingent next week. So there are some bright spots for this team, but then you also think about Tyler Steen, who we talked about with Alabama now, hits right. the transfer portal. So that's the concern I have. Maybe the question I'd have for Clark Lee, is it a growing concern that after developing guys that were maybe certainly unheralded as recruits, two three-star types, you put in this development, and now 
in September, in late September, you're going to go to Tuscaloosa and play yeah. against one of those guys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, what's interesting for them is people may not have seen this yet. Vandy plays in week zero. They, they go to Hawaii, and then they come back and play Elon. Uh, they've got Wake at home, Elon at home. Then they go to Northern Illinois. Now, now Trev, realistically, I mean, if they could get uh, I, am I being too ambitious here? But if they could get what a couple of wins uh, early on, they're certainly not going to win in Tuscaloosa. But they've got Bama, Ole Miss, and Georgia uh, coming up after that. That mm. that would help. That would help their season immensely if they could get out to to a good start in September. Yeah, those are the games that you've got circled right now. If you're Clark Lee, if we're being honest, anyway, more so than. Oh, Alabama, really? Georgia, or even Ole Miss. And just just not to that point yet. So uh, we'll see how that goes in year two under Clark Lee. On Wednesday, you uh, get things going with, or you have a lineup consisting of, Sam Pittman of Arkansas, Billy Napier of Florida, Kirby Smart of the defending national champion George Bulldogs, and Mark Stoops. When you take it in its entirety, that might be the best day. Yes. Of the four with that quartet of coaches in Atlanta. Uh, yeah, uh, the the most quotable day may be uh, with Lane Kiffin and Eli Drinkwith because Drinkwith can throw out some barbs as well as anybody. But but yes, uh, that that Wednesday will be uh, really good. Uh, at, look, I would I would salute Sam Pittman Trav for uh, Cincinnati. BYU and Liberty in that non-conference, and then you get into the SEC. He'll he'll get a lot of uh, why he wants to schedule tough opponents. I think that will pay off for them uh, at at some point. The shame of it is the schedule is so tough that uh, Trav, if they had Georgia's schedule, they may win ten games. They might. You're right. It is a very tough schedule, just kind of bizarre in some ways, too, with the aforementioned trip to BYU and uh, Cincinnati early on. So uh, it's not an easy slate, no doubt about it. For Arkansas, you do like that Jalen Catalan is back in that Arkansas secondary after his injury a year ago. He will be among the Arkansas players. you got a veteran quarterback in K.J. Jefferson. I like this trio. By the way, of Arkansas players that are going Absolutely. to Atlanta next week. Catalan, Jefferson, and Bumper Pool. Yeah, that's that's three first team, second team, all SEC caliber guys making that trip for the Hawks. And, and I know we bring this up a lot, but it bears repeating. Uh, Trev, I have no doubt if Catalan's not hurt, did he get ready for summer count with some NFL team? He could I, be. Yeah, he could be. The only thing I wonder about with him a little bit is, is he perfect for Arkansas? I think he's a good, a really yeah. good football player. Don't get me wrong. Right. Is he perfect for what Barry Odom does, but is that really translatable to the National Football sure. League? That's yeah. the only thing I wonder about. Look, Jalen Catalan, before you at me or DM me or just outright blast me, I'm as big a Jalen Catalan football player fan as there is. I love Absolutely. him. And I think he'll be fine in the National Football League. But, yeah, certainly for what Odom likes to do, 
you expect over 100 tackles once again from Bumper Pool. And you expect Jalen Catalan in those zone zone concepts to have five, six, seven interceptions in 2022. And KJ Jefferson, um, you know, it'd be interesting. I want to know has KJ Jefferson made any changes physically in this offseason? Um, it seemed like at times in games, even he struggled to sustain from a stamina perspective, and he somewhat understandable as much as they ask him to do, Brent. Yeah, well, he supposedly, uh, I believe, lost uh, at least 10 pounds mm-hmm. uh, in the offseason, which will help him. But uh, now, again, um, they need some help. Uh, they're, they're, they're always finding the offensive line. They need a few, a few more threats at receiver. But look, the, the point you made with Poole, and Kendlon and Trev, you throw Drew Sanders in there. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, this, this defense may be nasty by the end of the year. Yeah, depending on what they've got up front. And, and if they can just – they don't have to be great up front. No. Just hang in, you know, get some pressure in the pass rush uh, because that's not a defense that wants to bring extra guys in terms of numbers. Uh, I think Barry Odom and the way they play, they're more comfortable actually dropping more guys into coverage, uh, as, as we saw with Matt Corral a couple of seasons ago when he threw, what, seven interceptions yeah. against Arkansas. So, no doubt, I think the potential is there for sure. So, also on Wednesday, Billy Napier and his welcome to the SEC sort of scenario will address the assembled media and – my question for Napier, my concern for Napier is will a widely known, unpatient, impatient uh, uh, fan yes. base yes. be patient enough to allow Billy Napier, mm-hmm. program builder, to do what he needs to do over two, three years? Well, I've been consistent with this. Gator fans are upset, and he'll get this question uh, about, but basically, well, uh, about defending his recruiting. But at the same time, uh, look, they they've really done well uh, as of late. Napier made it very clear uh, that he wanted to get kids in state, uh, in his in, in basically his next class, uh, and uh, there. <laughs> They're comparing them to Miami, and I get some of that with Cristobal and Ruiz, but the reality is Miami's not going to win double-digit games this year either. I can assure you of that. So uh, a lot of uh, uh, trusting the process, where we heard that before, uh, and uh, I still think the guy knows what he's doing, but will he, be, will he ever be able to do enough, Trav, to satisfy that fan base? Yeah, and will he do it fast enough? And that's correct. As we've talked about many times, a Utah team coming to Gainesville to open the season that I've even seen in some college football playoff projections for this season. Utah. Yes. So this is the kind of team Napier's getting in week one on the job. Kirby Smart of Georgia also on hand next Wednesday in Atlanta. And. Certainly, a big part of the narrative will be how do you overcome you know, complacency after you've won it all? And, you know, is this something that George is capable of sustaining? Uh, I think we know the answer to the latter part of that. Georgia yes. was already a factor 
on an annual basis where the college football playoff is concerned. And if you're in the mix in the top four, you got a chance every year to win a national championship. But no, I think the biggest, one of the biggest hindrances to Kirby smart and Georgia's chances of repeating, but also maybe uh, something that will benefit them is the presence of Alabama. You know, even though Georgia won the national championship, the very next day, when the odds come out from Vegas, oh, that's right. Who's the favorite? Yep. So Bama, Kirby right. has the luxury of saying, "Hey guys, we want it all," but nobody thinks we're going to beat Alabama or be there again. So he's kind of got the best of both worlds. He does well, and I think the other big question is, can you reload on defense? Uh, and obviously with Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, and Cully Ringo, and Christopher Smith, guys like that, they're going to be fine. And, and, and people need to remember uh, one thing they did last year when Dan Lanning was there, and that's another big question with him gone, Will Muschamp takes over with Will Schumann, would be the fact of um, do they have enough guys that they played last year? And I think they do, frankly, uh, in a – I, I keep beating this drum here, but again, even with the losses, the uh, the schedule that Georgia has after Oregon, uh, I mean, their toughest games travel uh, Florida and Jacksonville, Tennessee, and then the one that everybody's looking for at Kentucky in November. And frankly, um, uh, it, I'm not saying they'll that they'll win it again because I think Alabama will at this point, but. Um, Kirby will be in a good spot defending his program next week. Yeah, I think Kirby and Georgia's playing with a little bit of house money after Probably. winning it. And again, based on what expectations, not only where the biggest prize in college football is concerned, but even within Kirby's own league. Yes. Now it's all on Alabama as we go into the season. And I think for Kirby, he needs to maintain the hold of the East, if nothing else this year. Mm-hmm. Hey, Georgia's capable of winning the SEC, winning a second straight national championship. This isn't to say that the dogs are not, but you need to keep the shop in order with the SEC East. There's expectations for Tennessee in year two, certainly under Josh Heupel. You mentioned that November matchup in Lexington against Kentucky. Florida in Jacksonville on an annual basis. So when I think about priorities for this Georgia team, and again, national championship is always in that big picture scenario, uh, taking care of the East this year, positioning itself, maintaining position as a year in year out relevant program to the, the college football playoff is at the top of that list. So Wrapping things up for the Wednesday slate, let's talk about Kentucky and Mark Stoops. You know, when I look at Kentucky, and I know Will Levis, the outstanding quarterback, is making the trip to Atlanta, Brent. We talk so much about defense with a Mark Stoops team, but when I look at this Kentucky team, I guess my biggest concern is playmakers Yes, uh, to go with Will Levis. Well, and I think what uh, we're talking about is the loss of Wondell Robinson. For sure. Do they, do they have anybody there who uh, – and, you know, Josh Ali, another – one of their wide, wide receivers uh, is is gone too. Now, again, uh, we both like Chris Rodriguez a lot, 
And if the offensive line does what we think it could, and they've got some veterans returning there, he could certainly repeat uh, in that situation. But, but Trav, again, a humongous game with Florida, frankly, for both of these teams. Uh, And then they've got Youngstown State, Northern Illinois, before they go to Ole Miss. So uh, he will deny it. But I'm sure there are a lot of orange and blue jerseys on those practice dummies during the summer to get them focused for that game. Yeah, that Florida game is what I like to call a gateway game in September. When you think about early season SEC matchups, Florida-Tennessee certainly used to be that game. Alabama-Arkansas at one point was that game when that game was played and in September, and a lot of times, a lot of years, I think it was the open to, to SEC play for both those teams. So, no doubt about it, uh, some of those September matchups loom large within the league. We move to Thursday, wrap things up in Atlanta. Auburn head coach, Brian Harson, Tennessee head coach, Josh Heupel, and then Jimbo <laughs> battling in the three-hole on Thursday. Boy, for Harson. Yeah, you almost feel for the guy yes. for what he's likely to endure in oh, Atlanta yeah. because you talk about wanting to talk football. No other coach in the Southeastern Conference next week would love to talk just football more <laughs> really? than Brian Harson. But the chances of that, uh, Brent, I think are are going to be pretty slim. Uh, oh yeah, well, what he'll end up doing is uh, avoiding the coach filibuster. Filibuster. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, he'll. Uh, hey, Trav, could that be one of those times? And we've seen this before, where the coach speaks for about what <laughs> exactly minutes, filibuster minutes, and then he and then he opens it for about yeah. three questions. Now exactly. Now he'll yes. all. He'll he'll obviously talk a lot about, and he should, Tank Bigsby and what Bigsby's going to do. He'll get a lot of questions about uh, who your quarterback's going to be, and T.J. Finley or Zach Calzada. But Trav, to me, their whole season's on the line of scrimmage. Uh, or they uh, will they be pretty salty as it looks like, especially if Austin Troxel, guys like that, are able to come back. Uh, and then if Owen Popo on that defensive front seven, that that's going to help them tremendously. But uh, I'm, I'm saying beyond tank, beyond the quarterback questions is, uh, uh, and they've got that big game with Penn State early, do they have the SEC line of scrimmage they need? Yeah, we talk about early season matchups like Florida, Utah. Penn State is that game for Auburn. It is, isn't it? You know, when we really get into it and maybe how expectations going into the month of October even will be for Auburn football. And then we talked about three-game stretches on a recent edition of Second Helping. And we outlined early October to mid-October, that three-game stretch for the Tigers through there. So, uh, boy, really, really need to get that game against Penn State at home there during the early part of the 2022 season. So what about Heupel heading into year two? He's got the Tennessee fan base all excited. He's got Hendon Hooker back at quarterback, Cedric Tillman back at uh, the wide receiver position. Uh, Good situation in the backfield in general. Offensive line, okay. 
Yeah, I, I guess um, Darnell Washington at one of the tackles, and you know, pretty good bit of experience up front. So, is it all about the defense for Tennessee more when you talk about questions for that team going into the season, Brent? I don't think there's any doubt about it. I, I mean, they they prove they can be exciting, they can score points, and all that goes along with that. Uh, but are they going to be able to? Uh, improve on another level, particularly when you've got Alabama coming to uh, Nayland this year. Uh, that that's going to be very fascinating uh, too. And uh, by the way, Phil Steele is out. And the point that I want to make here is, Trout Phil Steele has Pittsburgh at eleven, eleven, uh, and in Tennessee, the second game of the year, they go to Pitt. And then at the end of the season, end of September, they've got a huge game with Florida. So I'm saying that September schedule, and can we trust that defense more this year than we did last year? It got a couple pieces in that front seven, and Jeremy Banks at linebacker and Byron, Byron Young yes. up front on that defensive line, but still a good bit of question marks, I'd say, on the defensive side of the football for the Tennessee Vols. So, Brent? We continue to look at Thursday, July the 21st, and as we said earlier, wrap things up with Jimbo. <laughs> what about what? Jimbo? Other than the Saban situation, as we'll refer to it, what question do you think he's most likely to get, maybe more so from a football perspective? Yeah, uh, obviously he'll get his share of NIL questions. Uh, and, and uh, uh, some tape that came out late that that, that kind of uh, people still don't uh, know what what happened there. Look, the, uh, I mean, on, on the field, this team has a lot of promise. They've got to figure out who the quarterback's going to be. Uh, I mean, is this uh, is this Haynes King again? If he if he's healthy, I mean, he's got a pretty good uh, choice here. Uh, look, I love Devon A. Chain and Anais Smith. I think they're two of the more dangerous players anywhere. Uh, and again, the uh, uh, the backside of that defense is going to be really good. Uh, the uh, Trav in uh, some of the prediction books, they've got uh, like Shamir Stewart and Walter Nolan already mentioned as uh, starters. Uh, on yeah. that defensive line, so yeah. uh, uh, so my my question I think is be be on the quarterback situation, Jimbo. Uh, tell me about the confidence you've got in that defensive line. Yeah, they recruited lights out, no doubt about that. No, however you want to maybe sort through that yeah. approach and effort on the recruiting trail, th- those guys are on the roster. So, well, I tell you, Antonio Johnson is a guy that at the defensive back position. Had a good year last year. Had 79 tackles, real playmaker, mm-hmm. versatile kind of guy that they can use in some different ways with an emphasis maybe more on the nickel position. I think he has a chance to really elevate to superstardom during the 2022 season. Damani Richardson's back for another year at the safety position. Jalen Jones back at corner. Um, so they return not only a lot of talent on the back end, as you alluded to, but also experience which should bode well even with leon o'neill the 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 safety moving on so yeah for jimbo we talk about quarterback we talk about some areas of that defense the offense 
And that line a year ago was a concern with so many new starters. Now, though, you're going to view that as a strength with the experience those guys got a year ago. I love Smith and I love A-Chain, as, as you do as well. Maybe some questions at tight end. Yeah. You know, they've had some departures there. Weidermeyer moved on. Baylor Cup transferred out, I believe, to Texas Tech. So they recruited extremely well at the tight end position as well, including Max Johnson's younger brother. That's right. He's coming in as the number one tight end prospect for the 2022 cycle. So they've got guys, uh, maybe not a lot of experience at tight end. And, you know, I'm very much on record. I love me some Max Johnson. So I think he's going to be the guy at quarterback. <laughs> and then how Jimbo manages that situation. Yes. I think yes. Connor Wiegman, the freshman, is obviously the guy in the not too distant future. Yeah, he loves so it. So then what sort of happens? with a Haynes King and, 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 and how do you go from there? Well, and I think what needs to be said, September game with Miami, that, that will, there will be all kinds of hype about that. But, but, but Trap, my thing with that and and particularly talking with or hearing from Miami uh, uh, beat guys, who say Miami still doesn't have the defense they need and they're depending on transfers. It's like you mentioned with Alabama and Texas the other day. Trent, my, my, my question is, how will Miami block A&M at A&M? Yeah, I think, you know, that's going to be one of the big problems. Uh, you know, the quarterback situation at Miami going into the game, a lot of people are probably going to like Van Dyke. Oh, yeah, he's terrific. Better yes. than anybody a and M runs out there. The problem is you outlined is going to be able to block for him, yes, uh, and, and give him the time he needs to to make some things happen. So, Brent, there you go. We went through them. The coaches, the contingents for the SEC coming up at SEC Media Days 2022. Well, and, uh, and to kind of wrap things up, the uh, Trav, the big. Uh, the biggest thing about media days, or certainly one of the biggest, is going to be those opening remarks by Greg Sankey. Uh, will we know any more than we do now about when Oklahoma and Texas were coming over into the league? And will we get an update on uh, playoff expansion, NIL, transfer portal? And, and uh, we have to remember, Sankey, particularly with that transfer portal, Sankey chairs a lot of these committees that are involved in some of these things. So, uh, listen, even before we get to the coaches, uh, there, and I'm not expecting great bombshells, but it certainly could be interesting what he had to say about that. It's amazing that state of the SEC address from Sankey has become as much of a attention getter. Any other sort of address that you hear or see in college athletics? No question. I'm not just talking about the Big Ten or the other leagues. I'm talking about Mark Embrit if he steps up to a podium. More people are interested, are going to be interested, and continue to be interested in those opening remarks to kick off SEC Media Days from Greg Sankey and his response to questions that he gets during that session than any other setting like that that you'll see in, again, collegiate athletics. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, and again, in Atlanta, it starts Monday, goes through Thursday, Big 12 
going on this week. People may not be aware of that. And the ACC, and I've never understood this, what in the world the ACC tries to have their uh, media days uh, overlapping with the SEC has just always been a mystery to me. And then the Big Ten uh, the following week with – uh, with and and look, the uh, the Big Ten address is going to be as interesting as the SEC. Yeah, it should be given the recent events, no doubt about that. <laughs> well, Brent, as always, safe travels up to the Atlanta area. I know you're going to get to catch up with some family, and so that'll be great as well. It will. Certainly, look forward to hearing from you probably late next week on the pod. And as we have said, Trev, uh, I, I I don't know if this is the unofficial kickoff of the season, but it's but it's kind of close. It's kind of one of those uh, earmarked events that, that that we look at every year. As and and after this is over, uh, we're talking about being on the practice field. What maybe a week to ten days after that for all these SEC teams? No doubt, it's a it's that. It's that Stuckies. Remember the Stuckies <laughs> travel centers before oh, there yes. were Buckies oh, and yes. all these things now and Absolutely. loves truck stops. You'd be traveling maybe to say Disney World <laughs> and there was, or maybe even uh, Silver Springs in Ocala, Florida. Yes. How about that? Yes. You'd be going down 301 and you knew once you got to a certain Stuckies, you weren't all that far from the park. It's that sort of situation with SEC Media Days. For Brent Beard, Travis Ryer, thanking you once again for joining us here on Second Helping. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, we certainly hope you'll consider doing just that. Wherever you consume pods, you're going to find Second Helping. If you leave us a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate that as well. For Brent, I'm Trav. Till next time, so long, everybody.